That's why we do that is because we hire for attitude and we train for skills. So we don't believe in finding the most skilled people right off. Not when it comes to salespeople, because I believe, I truly believe that I can teach them this stuff and our training manager can do that. So we believe in hiring these guys here that has the right attitude and by that they will have the right motivation and they have the right personality, which is also why we're testing the people. We, we run a personality test to look at the sales persona is this a guy that can actually do outbound calls all day long, or is he a better farmer person? Project A Podcast. My name is Anas. I'm from Copenhagen, uh, sunny Copenhagen, a little bit colder than here, actually. Um, I am the CCO in Dixa. A little bit about me, I am close to 40. It's going to be a sharp corner to turn. Uh, I'm 39 right now. Uh, I have four kids, and uh, I have been joining this, uh, or I joined this amazing Dixa team in June 2016. June 2016, it was a very important period for me, obviously, because I joined uh, the Dixa team, but also because I joined a tech team that was a highly skilled tech team. So. Basically, I was at a, at a point where I was, I thought I should go the corporate way, uh, but uh, I was amazed by the, 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 the travel or the journey that these guys, they have already been, uh, been on. So the company was founded in 2015, and I joined in, again, uh, June 2016. The company or the guys, the founders, they just moved out of a kitchen uh, into a shared office space. At that point, there was the founder or co-founder, and there was three developers. So I was the first commercial guy on board. So I won't talk a lot about the journey, but I will just give you just five minutes on who is Dixa, actually. So I make sure that you understand uh, uh, the complexity of selling a product like this product here. I have no idea how long time this presentation is going to take. There's some, I think there's 22 slides, so now you know that. Uh, uh, but maybe I will be done in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then hopefully you will, have, you will have a whole lot of questions. So I will take you through some of the sales processes. I will take you through a model called QSASA and some of the things that I believe as a sales professional, I believe what, it, I, what I believe it takes in order to make it through this jungle uh, uh, because there's a lot of software as a service vendors out there. So looking at Dixa, we, today we have customers in 25 countries. Uh, we are backed by, of course, Seed Capital, which is the Danish venture fund. But very recently, as uh, probably some of you already guessed, uh, we got funded by Project A Ventures. Very proud of that. So thank you, Project A. Uh, and uh, end of 2018, um, we, was, uh, uh, we, got the, we got the prize, we got the award of Entrepreneur of the Year in, in Ernst & Young. So very proud of that. So we are moving in a very interesting space. Uh, when we look a little bit, if we, if we uh, go back in time and look at why was this thing actually started? Well, our two co-founders, Mats, who actually in Germany today or in Berlin today as well, but couldn't make this one, uh, and uh, Jacob, who I actually think is here in the room somewhere, uh, they co-founded this thing together. They came from another telco business called Cirque. It is a traditional business-to-business -business telco, 
a solution house that typically they will have their telephony solution and then they will try to put it together with other solutions to make like an intelligent communication solution. Typically unified communication. That's the term you will typically use here. So they had a lot of talks about all the solutions they were selling to bigger businesses and all the things that could just be, it, it, they could do better. If people or if businesses, they had the opportunity to start over with no legacy, not thinking about ticketing, not thinking about telephony, but just starting over, it could be done so much better. And at the same time, looking at what is the demand in the market. Right now, we are talking about customer friendships. And what do we actually mean about customer friendships? Well, customer friendships by conversational customer engagement. That is what we believe in. If you look at ticketing systems today, you will always get this apply, reply above this line. Like, you would never treat a friend like this. Do you want to go for a beer? Please reply above this line. No, that would never happen. So, so looking at communications and conversational engagement today is much about understanding the customer and what is the demand. So we also see today, we see that customer service, customer engagement, and the customer facing team, customer care agents, whatever, we see it moving from a cost center and actually into something that companies they need to invest in in order to differentiate uh, compared to someone like Amazon and other big, uh, big brothers trying to enter the market. So what they built here was actually a platform that enabled customer service agents or customer facing agents to service their customers across all the biggest channels in one simple interface. So basically, transferring all data that came in, whether it was an email, it's a telephone call, transfer to data and then work intelligently with this data to make sure that the conversation will be passed to the right agent at the right time. So the world that we were typically looking at is a world where we have the call, uh, call center and phone kings. That will be Genesis, it will be Avaya from France, it will probably be Aircall, and there's big vendors all over the world. Ticketing and email masters, we have Freshdesk, we have Sendesk, basically all the desks, including Salesforce, etc. And we have all the chat and messaging gurus, which could be, it could be Drift, it could be Intercom, it could be all the chat solutions, it could be all the social media solutions. And there could of course be a lot of other rings, sub rings in these, but when it comes to customer engagement, and when it comes to inbound communication from various channels, then we're often talking about this as this is our spot. So we are gathering all of this and we put this into one smooth solution where we actually don't care which channel the customer tried to engage on, but you make service levels based on the topic and based on the content and based on the expectations. And then all conversations are pushed to the right agent. That was a very big project, but anyhow, they did it, the guys. And I was just so fortunate that I could join at a very early stage. So today we are 60 people in Dixa. We have offices in Kiev. We have where all our business development is sitting and the market research analysts. We have an office in London and we have our headquarters, of course, in Copenhagen and very soon opening in Berlin as well. So this is not about Dixa. This is about playbooks. This is about sales playbooks. As you can probably imagine, selling a solution like Dixa, going into any business, looking at our typical ICP, an e-commerce business, fast-growing e-commerce business that get a lot of inbound inquiries. They have structured their team today, so they have some people sitting with telephone, also covering a little email, but mostly there's people sending email, they have a chat solution, they probably have 
three, four, five solutions covering all their inbound communications. And looking at that, then imagine the decision that needs to be taken in order to jump to another platform. It's a huge decision because you have maybe 80% of your employees sitting in these solutions every day. That's the most important tools for them. So this decision is a very difficult decision, even though we are standing with a bag of gold in front of them, it's still a very difficult decision. Timing needs to be there, the pricing, everything. So we needed a playbook. And the playbook is there because we need to make sure that we can get the deal through our sales funnel as fast as possible and with the uh, smallest possible uh, uh, or the highest possible conversion rate. So all of us sitting here or being here, we have probably at some time always uh, all been dreaming about creating something super scalable and something that just took off by doing nothing else than just a viral campaign, a YouTube video or something like that. And that is where this comes in actually, because this is the hockey stick effect. Everybody is talking about it. If it's software as a service businesses, if it is consumer products, whatever, you want to make that hockey stick. And, and, and this guy here, well, or this company here, they actually did it. I guess that most of you have already seen this video before. How many have seen this video before? There was not that many actually. I thought most people have seen it. Then I will just run it for a, for a little bit. So, this business here that we just saw, this uh, video, it's one dollar shave club. It's an epic video. It's the perfect example of how a video can go viral and how a business can grow extremely fast by one, one simple video. So, Everyone has tried after this video to copy this and try to say how can we make a viral video or make a video that go viral. It is very difficult and it probably takes more than just skills. Looking at something that is probably a bit more appropriate or something more similar to what all of us are talking about is something like this. We have Slack on the left side and then we have our Irish friends here from Intercom. But what they have created is actually the hockey stick. And, and all of us are always looking at these examples and thinking about how can we create something like that? We need to be able to create it. We know it takes a lot of marketing effort, it takes the product, it takes wah, 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 a lot of things. But the truth is that it actually also requires some dumb Irish luck. So looking at even these software as a service businesses, many of them that we see today, when they want to try to do the whole thing again, they will fail. So we see some of them will actually do it again and they will succeed. Uh, but most of them, probably 99 out of 100, it's not a number, you, please don't uh, uh, hold me out on this number, but I bet you that most of these, they will never be able to do it again. Because it's about timing, it's about product, it's about luck, it's about a lot of different factors that the people in this room and the businesses that we are working in, we can't afford to basically uh, uh, count on this timing and lock and everything else. We have what we have right now, and we need to do the best with the tools we got. And one thing that we know works is sales. So what I believe here is actually in the reversed hockey stick. It is probably more like this. At least it has been like this for Dixa. It's looking at the other examples. Yes, it is here, but this here, it takes extremely hard work. We have the product, 
It needs to be timed exactly right. We need to get to the market with the product. We need a lot of sales efforts. We need to try a different marketing campaigns, drip campaigns, retargeting. Oh, it's not going to work. Okay, let's try again. Let's try with different messages, etc., etc. But in the end of the day, if we are lucky and if the timing is right and if we are extremely skilled, then we would probably be able to make a reverse hockey stick. So looking into this, yes, it takes hardcore. I almost said the F word. It takes hardcore sales. That's what it takes. There's no excuses. There's no magic formula or anything else to get to that tipping point where you do like this in the hockey stick. It takes sales. And it is everyone. It's also the CTO. It's the CEO. It's the co-founders, all co-founders. I have seen tech businesses where the co-founders, they are sitting home, they're developing, but they are not out there with the customers. They need to be. They can tell the story. They can tell the vision. Is Jacob in the room now? No, he's still not in the room. Hmm. Or oh, the other Jacob is in the room. Hi, Jacob. <laughs> That's one of the other co-founders standing there. But Jacob, our CEO at that point, and, and uh, one of the, 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 the guys that actually came up with Dixa, he joined me at a lot of meetings, even though he hated it. He basically hated he don't hate speaking with people, but he hates speaking with strangers. But he had to. He had to go with me. He had to understand the market. And I needed him to tell the vision. I needed him to tell the story about how the whole thing was funded. Because when I'm out there, when I came out to the customers, they were just seeing a sales guy. And a sales guy, what, 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 are he, what is he trying to do? He's trying to steal my money. Yes. So, so it, yeah, we need that. So it's all about the playbook. So this was just to set the scene. Uh, to tell all the things that you probably already know. But for Dix, at least, we needed a playbook. We started to get uh, uh, leads into our funnel. We managed to get leads into the top funnel, inbound leads. And also, we managed to get leads through our BDRs reaching out. So we needed to do something now. Now we got these high valuable leads. The, the cost to get these leads in the funnel was sky high. So the conversion was probably the most important factor for us, making sure that we were not dropping these on the floor. So we needed the playbook and we needed it, yeah. So what we actually did here was we created a model called Pentagon. And I can see here, unfortunately, yeah, okay. It is a little bit switched around. I'm sorry about that. So I just got a little bit confused. I will just jump to the next one here. We have. The Pentagon model is based up on different models. So one of the very important thing for us is the procedure. That is basically all the tools that we provide to salespeople in order to make them able to sell more. So this, this could actually be uh, the sales models. It could be uh, the FAB model, features, advantages, benefits. Probably some of you already know this model where you use the why, how, what to travel in between features, advantages, benefits. So every sales guy out there, or if it is an if it is a, a experienced sales guy at least, he will always try to get the customer to go towards the benefits and to understand the business needs, which will always be the benefits. The customer, he will always start at the feature or advantages point, saying, I'm looking for a solution where I can get this, 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 and that. In our uh, product, it will typically be someone looking for a ticketing system where they can uh, 
respond to emails or they can raise a ticket to another department or I know what. And it could also be a telephony solution where we can transfer a call. But that's all features. What's interesting here is answering the or asking the customers, why is that important to you? Well, it's important because if I can transfer a call to my colleague, then I can make sure that the customer talks to the right agent. Why is that important to you? Well, it's important to talk to the right agent because then, or uh, to the right uh, skill and agent, because then we know the customer will be more satisfied. Okay, so satisfaction is important for you, yes. And then you can travel the other way, talking about is there other things in satisfaction that is important to you, other features that you think could actually give your customers higher satisfaction. So that's how you work with that. But there is various of models that we use in Dixa in our playbook that that covers this. So a lot of different sales models. The other thing is perhaps that is something like it could be a customer case study, it could be a business presentation, it could be a video, uh, online video or a video demo or a video showing the product. So this is basically all the, the, the material that you provide your salespeople. It's also a very important part. But probably the most important part for us is the next two things here. First is people. So you know that you need, when you need salespeople, you need something that can help you make a quick ramp up and less churn. So we know best in class today, when it comes to sales departments, they, are, they have a ramp up period of three months and a churn within the first 12 months of 10%. That's the best in class. So that sounds like uh, probably uh, uh, to the churn 10%, yes. There will always be churn because there can be various reasons why people they churn from a business. But that's best in class. Worst in class is not that good. Worst in class is ramp up periods of six to nine months and churn of 60% within the first six months. So this shows somehow how important it is to find the right, the right people and to bring the right people on board, but also to motivate them and make sure they have the right uh, tools, they have the right motivation, attitude, etc. I'll come back to that. So, it all starts with the sales guy looking at result. Yes, that's like everyone here knows that the result is important. In our business, it's MRR, monthly recurring revenue. How much revenue do you bring into the business? There's targets 3,000 US dollars per FTE or per salesman, and it's very easy to draw it back and say, okay, so how many efforts do they need to make in order to reach this result? It's just typing everything into Excel, looking at the, the, the conversion rate through our funnel, the prospecting pipe, the sales pipe, and see what, how does that actually look. But even though there's efforts, it always comes back to the person, and, and the person, if he doesn't deliver the efforts, where to look actually? What do we then do? or if he actually delivers the efforts but the results are still not there, what is then wrong? So when we are hiring and we are developing employees, we always work with the rear model. The rear model was what I just showed you, but in the bottom there was the resources. And this is basically very simple, drawn up, the resources we believe is important. So we have this thing where we say, we hire for attitude and we train for skills. We have Dixit draft days where the 50 people come in, they get on the stage, they will pitch themselves just to get a job in our sales department. That's why we do that, is because we hire for attitude and we train for skills. So we don't believe in finding the most skilled people right off. 
not when it comes to salespeople, because I believe, I truly believe that I can teach them this stuff and our training manager can do that. So we believe in hiring these guys here that has the right attitude and by that they will have the right motivation and they have the right personality, which is also why we're testing the people. We rerun a personality test to look at the sales persona is this a guy that can actually do outbound calls all day long, or is he a better farmer person? If it's a better farmer person, then please don't make him do outbound calls because it actually, it hurts in his stomach, poor guy, and you'll probably be looking at him and you say, he's not a good salesperson. Yeah, he probably could be if you just made him do what he's actually supposed to do. So we have hunters and we have farmers and we have closers. So the best possible thing is actually to put these guys together. So what we do is, of course, we have the BDRs and the SDRs. They are actually the hunters. Then we have the farmers that typically run the very large customers. And then we have the closers that comes in and close the goddamn businesses. So we have this one closer. He's sitting in London right now. James Marlowe He's also VP of sales. We still use him as closer. So I put him in on the deals when they're at a certain stage because that's what he's just, he's fantastic in that thing. But when we hired James for the UK office, we thought that he was a hunter. So we put him there on a chair in London and we said, call some customers and close some goddamn business. Three months after he, didn't he hadn't closed a deal. So, so, and that was, just, that was just wrong, but all of us sitting here, when we are working with people every day, and we are busy, and we are with customers, and we are with clients, we are with the development, we're trying to develop the product, it's so difficult to be everywhere. But suddenly, I was thinking about this thing about, okay, James, what is he actually good at? What was he good at at Sendesk when he was working there? He was the closer. Let's try to put him on all the other deals right now, right now. Don't call anymore, just you are on top of everyone's deals now. And then suddenly, magic began to happen because the churn, or not the churn, the conversion from that part of the funnel, it just exploded. So please keep that in mind. The skill set here is of course all the things I just showed you before. That is for instance, the FAB model, features, advantages, benefits. It is the APAC model for objection handling. It is a disc to see their personality profile. That's a lot of, of things there. And then the knowledge, the knowledge about the market. So I've seen a lot of salespeople coming into a business, being put on a chair, then maybe some classroom training about, now we want to tell you about the product, now we want to tell you about the market, and then back on the chair and do some sales. But what it actually takes here is, when I'm looking at myself, now I've been working years with this, it takes a lot to understand the industry. So you need to understand the industry, you need to understand the market and the industry, and the value proposition, of course, how does the product match the value proposition, and most important, the product. So if you don't have this bridge, you're not able to, have, to keep on a conversation with the customer and match it up or match the product into their needs. Yes, going on to the next. Motivation, we know it's important. I have just, I've, I've decided to include this. The, I, I could show you a lot of slides, but I, I, I'm not gonna do that. But I decided to include this thing here because this is just to show the importance also of something like a career model. We know salespeople, they are extremely uh, uh, motivated by titles. They are motiv motivated by improvements. They are motiv motivated by uh, 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 money uh, um, and winning. So always have something that they can aim for next time. So you are right now, you're here, 
we are making a career development plan for you. If you do this, 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 and this within the next two months, then I can assure you, then you will be here. And if you do this, 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 then you will be here. And then when you've been traveling through that, oh, then there's a new one. Because then you will be senior sales executive, then you will be account executive, large account executive, senior account executive, and you can just keep going. And every time you do this, you will bump them up just a little bit on the fixed salary and a little bit on the bonus. The way we have done it is when with the uh, junior profiles, they get a smaller amount of what they're closing, like a smaller percentage of what they're closing of MRR than the experienced guys. So every time we bump them up, we also bump their targets up. But the targets, they will run faster and faster to gain these targets because not even are they getting more money, it's also exploding actually. It's, so so the, the best ones here, they get uh, uh, here, they get something like 200% of the MRR, where the guys here, they get 50% of the MRR. So it, it is important thing. And also important to, to understand that if they can be bumped up, they can also be bumped down. So it only takes one month to be bumped up. So if you do extremely well, you can see the path here. It can take you eight months. It's never happened, uh, by the way. But uh, <laughs> it, it, you could do that. Uh, uh, but at the same time, if you do bad, or if you don't do this, or you don't keep your targets, then in two months, you will be bumped down. One month to be bumped up, two months to be bumped down. Yes. So sales process is, of course, also very important. Um, this is one of my favorites because this is the QSASA model that we developed or, or that we made just for Dixa. Um, so acquisition time and conversion, everyone knows the importance of this. So the deal is traveling into our funnel. Magically, it just ends up there in the first stage. And then how is it going to end here as a one deal? That is a mystery. And, and if we can't track on that, then, then we are uh, not that well off. So we need to be able to track on it, of course, but we also need to look at what can we do to, to uh, 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 get the acquisition, uh, the acquisition time down to the smallest period possible and, and, and get the conversion up. So we made this thing called QSASA. It stands for Qualification, Situation, Alignment, Solution, and Agreement. So when we get a prospect and it has been through the BDRs, or Market Research Analyst, Business Development Representative, and it's, it is a deal that this deal, we believe in it, and now we want a sales guy to talk to this customer. Then it will end up in qualification. In qualification, we have the SDRs. The SDRs' only job is to pass deals from qualification into situation. So we have a lot of things we're looking at there, such as how big is the business, what is the amount of customer-facing agents, uh, what are they using today, uh, what is their priority when it comes to uh, real-time engagement with their customers. For instance, if they don't have a telephone number on their website, if they're using a knowledge base and they don't have a chat, then, then we might as well uh, disqualify them because we are never going to sell, a, a, a sell anything to them. It's, it's, it's almost impossible or we need to change their minds first at least and that is a long run. So we want to make sure that this customer is a good fit. They are investing in their customers. They already know that in engagement with customers is a key parameter. It's a, it's a competitive parameter. So now we are going on. We're also looking at something like what the CRM system they're using, e-commerce platform, et cetera, to see if we have a, a, some a, a nice integration possibilities. 
And based upon that, we're giving them a qualification score. So it, um, if it has a high score, then we know that we need to prioritize it high. If it has a low score, then we don't need to prioritize it that high. So of course, that's an important thing always to focus on the highest qualified deals first. Now it's moving into situation. Situation is the place where you will look at a customer and you will ask him, what are your business priorities? And they will say, oh, business priorities. Uh, that is a difficult question. So what are you looking for? Well, I am looking for a solution uh, where I can gather my telephone and or I can put my telephone and email into one solution. Okay, that sounds good, like an omnichannel solution. Yes. Okay, now we will use the FAB model, of course, with the why, how, what to ask them. So looking at this kind of solution, omnichannel solution, why is that important to you? Well, it's important to us because we can see that we are losing a lot of uh, potential leads or we are losing a lot of emails, our response times are too long, or our, we can't keep up with our service levels on email or on telephone. And what is the consequence about that? Oh, the consequence is that we can lose business. Okay, so retention rate, is that important to you? Yeah, that's very important. Good, that, that was a business priority. What else? Is there anything else important? Uh, you said to me that it was also important to respond to emails fast. Why is that? Well, that's also because we're spending a lot of time answering the customers again and calling them back. Okay, so when you, you spend a lot of time, what happens then? Well, then we spend a lot of time, we need more employees. Okay, so something like growing your business without actually growing the number of employees. Is that important to you? Yes, yes, that's very important. Okay, so efficiency. Yes, yes, very important. Okay, good. So now we are actually looking at the business priorities, much more important that they're looking for a feature or something else. We always need to get them away from that. We don't want a feature war. We want to talk about business priorities, like good salespeople. There's so many salespeople out there that's just like demo monkeys showing features, blah, 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 just banging off a demo at one hour, and then you will never hear from the customer again. No, we're never going to do that, which is also why when we talk with the customer here, we always start out by saying, so I want to show you a demo, it's not going to be today. Okay, why not? Why, why, why is that? Because the demo will probably take me one and a half hour if I should show something from, everything from A to C. One and a half hour, okay, I can see, I don't have time for that. No, but good thing is, I don't have to spend an hour today. We can just spend 15 minutes together today, and then let's reschedule. Okay, let's do that. So we're going to meet on Thursday. Yes, here, demo, Thursday. So. Before I do this, I need to ask you some questions because then when I meet on Thursday, then I can tailor the demo to your needs and then I don't have to show you a demo that takes one and a half hour. I can show you a demo that takes 30 minutes that is highly tailored to your needs. Would that be all right with you? Yes, that would be all right. So would it also be all right that I ask you some questions then? Yes, do you promise me that you will answer my questions with honesty? Yes, of course I will do that. Okay, who is the decision maker? The, the decision maker, okay, that's me, okay. So, so I had to put, if this comes into agreement somehow, then I put your name on the contract, right? No, 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 no that's not me. That's my CEO. Okay, your CEO. Uh, then it's probably, isn't that the guy that takes the, the, the decision then? Yeah, yeah. Eventually, he will be taking the decision. Okay, that's good. Now we got that in place. When we're looking at you taking these kind of decisions previously, how have you been doing that? Have you been doing this like, uh, is it something you just decided and then you went on? And, no, 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 that was a pretty long process. It took typically like two to three months because then we need to include our CTO as well. Okay, so your CTO, 
you also need your CTO included. So now we got the CEO, we got the CTO, and we got the customer service manager. Okay, this is why we are always talking about stakeholders. We are looking at influencers, we are looking at champions, and we are looking at decision makers. So are we talking to an influencer? Then we don't want to spend more than five minutes. Are we talking to a champion? Yes, we want to spend time with the champion if we know that we can get this champion somehow to include the decision maker. If not, then we're not going to talk to him. And, but the, 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 the aim here is, of course, to talk to the decision maker. So let's make a plan together. If we can, together, you and I, if we can figure out that our solution actually matches your needs, would you then be able to bring on your CTO and your CEO? Yes, I would be able to do that. Great. Do you think you could be able to do that in the next meeting? Yeah, I will definitely check that. Okay, thank you. So, if we have willing, or we can show you something here that matches your needs. All of these needs, now we will actually recap. We'll, tell, we'll, we'll recap on all of this here. What the solutions they have, the situation, the business needs, etc. And they will ask them, if we're willing to deliver, are you then willing to move ahead with us? Yes, I am. If they say no, then we need to go backwards because then we don't want to spend time on all this. So we will get that alignment. And this is the verbal commit. It is extremely important to get that verbal commit because otherwise you will find yourself making a demo and then hunting down the customer for four months. And we don't want to do that. After we make the demo, we want a mutual closing plan in place and we have the decision maker and the champion there. So we're going to close this deal within a month. That's the aim. So we got the alignment. So now we want to go to the solution. So we already have the demo in place now. Now we need to do something very important, which is something we call build rapport. And, and that was actually a new word for me, this build rapport. I just did it uh, because uh, I've been doing sales my whole life. But building rapport actually just means, for those who does, doesn't know it, just means that you build a relationship. Some people are extremely good at it. So if you see a CEO that just do the sales like this, he's just like, how the hell can he do the sales like that? And he will always be looking at the salespeople and say, I sell more than you. That is typically because he is very skilled in building rapport. And at the same time, he has the good story, he has the title, and he has the vision, and he has a very good market overview, and he has a lot of knowledge about the product. Very good combination. So this guy actually never tried to compare sales guy against the CEO because that's too, that's, an, that's another leak. So, Yes, building rapport, and the way we build rapport is actually like this here. So we are trying to push calls in between all of these stages here. So when we hang up here, we have made the alignment, we will try to call the customer back. And we will say to the customer, dear Mr. Customer, I'm just calling you again because I just have a few questions. Uh, you told me all of this, blah, 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 blah. This is just about spending time with them. You don't have to talk that much about anything. You just need them to spend time with you. Build rapport. Does anyone here play poker? One, yes, three at least. The <laughs> others just didn't want to say tell. But yes, a lot of people plays play poker. The, the guys playing poker knows this thing about pot committed. You always talk about this thing about being pot committed. To those here that doesn't play poker, you'll typically see that uh, there's a big blind, there's a small blind, and then it's your turn. Yes, I'm big blind. Then someone will chip in with some money and it will just go around, go around. No one is actually acting really crazy, just a little bit. And then the first card is there. I'm sitting big blind. I don't have that good cards, actually. So I will just 
pay the bare minimum and the next one will then raise and I will pay the pay the bare minimum but some at some point you will find yourself with a big stack of money in the middle of the table very low stack here by your side and you'll be looking at this and there's just one more card left only the river are we counting on the river rat I don't know if we are oh there's a lot of chips out there yeah I'm doing it hell I'm doing it so that's just like the human nature when we are committing into stuff if it's time, if it's money, we are actually going to carry on. And that's why we need them to commit time with us in the sales process. The time we get them to commit here is, is we're going to save at least in the end. That is for sure. I will promise you that. So build rapport. Now we get into the solution phase. So how are we actually going to handle that? We know now we have a 20 or 30 minute demo. So we maybe we are so lucky that he was able to bring in the... Uh, uh, the uh, CEO or the CTO, let's uh, say that he didn't do that. Now it's only him. Now we will wow him with a custom-made kick-ass demo. We will basically take all the things from the situation, all the business needs he had. He told us that he was in for efficiency. Efficiency, efficiency saving time, higher retention rate. There was two main priorities for him. Now we will find case studies that we have made for the exact kind of same business type like him that actually created efficiency and conversion rate. Not a conversion, sorry, retention rate. And we will put them into the demo session. So now we will show him features in our platform that matches these exact priorities and we will show him numbers that proves it with businesses that he already knows. When doing this, then there's no doubt that it will be very rare that you will lose this business. Because many of us sitting here, we are so lucky that we actually come from businesses that has fantastic products. So we're not, we're not selling on price, we're not selling on something else, we're selling on a higher meaning, we're selling on a vision, we're selling on something we want to carry them in, in some direction. So do this. Let's say that he was not able to bring in the CTO. Then the next thing here is again, you need to build rapport with him. Now he is convinced. What do we do next? We need the date and place where he is going to make the presentation for his CTO or CEO because he is our champion. We know that he want to buy the product. So what we do now is we work with him as consultants and we enable him to make a kick-ass presentation. In Dixit, we have something called the TCO, Total Cost of Ownership, which is an Excel spreadsheet with all the costs. Then we have the business value assessment where we go down and drill down each and every feature that we deliver that they don't have now. And we look at, for instance, if it's efficiency, we look at how much more, how much more efficient will they be right here? How, what is the total amount of conversations on this channel? How many people are there? What is the average salary? And when we put that into Excel, then we get a very fine number in the end. And then we'll put their logo on it. And the creator is Mr. Customer Service Manager. So when we have this next meeting, this is him. We want to enable him to be the champion because what we need to understand is in our business at least, the customer service managers, they are probably working for 40 years. In these 40 years, they spend 15 to 20 years just to become a manager. Then the next 10 years, they will probably be head of customer service. But after that, it's going down again. So they have maybe 10, 15 years to shine. In these 10, 15 years, they may have two manager jobs. Looking at two manager jobs, how many times would they change something like this? Well, it can be a game changer for them because if they do it well, 
then they will be remembered forever. So that's what we need to help them with. We need to make them the champions. So enable them to make the presentation with business value assessments, with the total cost of ownership, with the business cases and everything we gather together, and then we will do the demo, of course, that matches all this. And the CEO, he will be saying, well, yeah, yeah, have you done this? Yeah, yeah, I've done this, yeah. Oh, wow, it's really good employee I got there. So, so there's no reason not to take the next step. So, yes, and the agreement is easy. When you've done all the other stuff here, then the agreement is uh, just a... Yeah, all the negotiation part. There's, of course, a, a whole playbook on that thing. You need the compelling event uh, in order to make sure that he will take the decision, make the decision this week and not next week, not next month. So you always need the carrot out here and you need the stick in the ass. So you want to make sure that this guy, he's actually able to make a decision now. And you probably also need to come up with some campaigns. We are coming up with all kinds of campaigns all the time. I don't hear you hope there's any of our potential customers here, but we are actually like, uh, whoa, now we have a Jabra campaign. Jabra, they had birthday. So uh, they are doing a first quarter campaign delivering headsets. What do you say? You have three days. So compelling event is very important. When you're looking at the contracts, that's another thing. Always, when you're looking at the contract, max them up on everything. In Dixa, we have maxed them up on the period 48 months. Start with 48 months contracts. Start with full onboarding price. It's 20,000 to be onboarded. A, a full price, an enterprise plan. So when we know they come to, to this point here and they want to start about, talk about pricing, then if they want a better price, then you can always keep the 48 months at least. But if they want a shorter period, then they cannot focus on the price because they can't get everything at once. So, yes, that, I think actually that was it for me. Yes, any questions? Um, no, so the question is like, when is the right moment to make follow-up to say, hey, did you have a look so often, like every week, every two weeks? Because sometimes you're scared that you, you don't want to annoy your clients or the, sometimes you're scared that you're not following enough. So, quick, uh, quick question to you. Uh, so when you are doing the uh, demo, do you have a product where you do demos? Yeah. Yes. So what is the process? A guy, he will sign up. Yes. Yes? There's a survey, so like he builds like some basic data of the company. Yes, basic data. Yeah. He will sign up. He will order a demo. Yeah. You will do a demo. Yes. Then you will give him an offer. Yes. Yes. Are you doing that? Yes. Fire yourself. <laughs> Hire a sales guy. No. <laughs> uh, no. no, of course not. Uh, uh, sorry, the, the Copenhagen humor is probably a Danish humor. <laughs> probably. Yeah. No. So, so, no, not at all. This is exactly my point here. Uh, if there's time for it, I want to go back here. Because what you're doing, actually, uh, I'm saying to the sales guys in Dixa, if I ever catches one of you doing a demo to the customer before you get the alignment and you get their business priorities, if I ever catch you do that, you're fucking fired. Because that is like, you, you might as well shoot yourself in the foot. Because if you show him everything here, then he will, okay, I'll give you an example. You are just like me. You're the prettiest guy in the, in the room, right? No, we are not. We, we are, you and I, we are probably, both of us, we need to fight, have always been fighting for the women. So going into the dance floor, going into the dance floor, but we, but we are doing that. that. That's how it is. That's, like there was always this two annoying guys that could be standing in the bar, sleeping almost, and then suddenly they were kissing with some girl. I don't understand it. But, <laughs> but look, looking at this, in this way here, 
Look at this. If you went to a girl and you started going to her and say, I want to get laid, <laughs> she would probably be running out the door, right? And that's actually what you do when you do the demo. So <laughs> the problem is you need to trick her into wanting you. So you need to... <laughs> so, okay, that... So I, I will stop going down that road. I can see that this is going in the wrong direction, but what I want to say here is basically, what I want to tell you here is looking at the situation, you, want, you need to understand their needs before you do a demo. Otherwise, you might put a video on. You will be a demo monkey. So you want to understand their priorities and not only understand them, because that's actually all sales models out there starts by understanding their business needs, showing them a demo. No, no, you need there, and that is, that is, this is key. You need the alignment on the business priorities, and you need to make sure they're ready to move forward even before you show them this. So you will ask them, now we have been talking about that you want to achieve this or prevent this from happening. Is that right? Yes, that's right. So can you tell me, if I can deliver a solution that can solve that problem for you and deliver on these business needs, are you then willing to move ahead? Yes or no? Because if they say no, then you need to work on this thing here. So you need their alignment. Maybe they will say to you, yeah, I think I'm ready, but it would be nice to see the product. Yes, 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 yes. I will show you the product. But again, I just need to make sure because, again, there's no reason in me wasting your time or the opposite in showing you two-hour demo if, I'm, if I don't know that you will move forward with us. So you need to be brave enough to say that because otherwise, if you show them the demo here, you will see the acquisition time on from the demo point till the close deal on something like three to six months, maybe even longer, and you will find yourself wall dialing just to follow up on these leads. But if you do it in the right order, then you can make a mutual closing plan with your champion here, and then when you showed them the demo, then you, it's, it's all scheduled. You have a mutual closing plan with them. So you don't have to follow up all the time. So that, that's actually the question, uh, the answer. Yep. Uh, what do you say if, the, if in one of these early situations, situational alignment, I often um, get asked, yeah, hey, can you show me the product? Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll do that. Um, but I suspect that if I ask, if would you be willing to move ahead if we meet all of these requirements, uh, the, the question you just posed, um, they also say, they, I want to compare it to competitors. I mean, we do have competitors. Okay, you, yeah, you don't. I love that question. Here, okay. come, come back. Oh, because now we, now we are back to this here. We're back to this very key thing, which is, which is getting the customer to talk about benefits. Features is down here. It's a feature wall. Dixa will never win on features. We are comparing ourselves. It's an insane, insane con uh, 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 competition. We want to win against Sendesk, uh, Genesis, and uh, Intercom at the same time. Can we compete features? Can we like win when it comes to features? Hell no, we're never gonna win. Never. That's why we need to move it up here because what we can win is actually what Dixa does to their business, is what they're able to achieve or prevent from happening by using Dixa. And, and this is of course because we have many things the others don't have, but that's why we need to move it away from feature into the features that's important for us and them. And then by that, with why, how, what, moving it up to benefits. If you don't do that, then you will be talking about features all the time. And we see that with all salespeople. Because of this, Dixa, we never respond to an RFP. Everyone here knows what an RFP is? 
Right? I don't even know what it stands for. I can't remember. But big businesses, they will typically be sending out this RFP saying, please fill this out. And they send it out to six different vendors. And then they will compare features and prices. Hell no, we're not going to do that. If they then get back to you and say, you haven't filled out the RFP, don't you want to participate? Well, we want to participate in the meeting, but only if we can get the champion on the decision maker, not with you, uh, some consultancy. No, no, no. Hell no. Don't spend time on it. It doesn't matter. Thank you.